And now, WBW Theater. Welcome to WBW Theater. Listen to a series of radio dramas, comedies, mysteries, thrillers, westerns, all dedicated to preserving the golden age of radio. Those thrilling days of yesteryear, way back when families gathered together around the living room radio to join the theater of the mind. Listen now as we take you way back when imagination ruled and creativity had no limits. Listen now to WBW Theater. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Howard Claney speaking. We are about to present a ringside, blow-by-blow description of the Bear Lewis fight, a broadcast made possible by Buick. Buick Automobiles. This program is offered by Buick solely for your enjoyment. We will not mar your pleasure or impose on your good nature with frequent and lengthy commercial announcements. Fifteen seconds now, thirty seconds later, an occasional two-second reference, and that's all. Here is genuine news, news in which Buick, a member of the General Motors family, takes great pride. The new Buick cars for 1936, the most smartly styled, the finest ever made, will be on display next Saturday, September 28th. When you see these spectacular performers, when you feel the surge and power in their mighty valve and head engines, you will agree with experts in the trade who have already previewed them. Their enthusiastic verdict is, Buick is the buy. At the ringside, two celebrated radio personalities will bring you the action and color of the fight. Edwin C. Hill, noted newscaster and globetrotter, and Clem McCarthy, NBC and Pathé News sports announcer and newspaper correspondent. The next voice you hear will be that of Edwin C. Hill at the ringside. Good evening, everyone. We're off. The glorious candles of the night and the grand night it is, cool and pleasant, look down upon the most amazing spectacle of modern times. The astonished stars blink down upon the house that Ruth built, the Yankee Stadium, bursting and bulging to its farthest walls with 90,000 human beings crowded elbow to elbow and rib to rib. They paid $1 million in the primitive hope of seeing two young men, Max Baer and Joe Lewis, batter each other into insensibility. Farewell depression if this million-dollar bout is any criterion of the time. In all history, there's been only five million-dollar gates until this one came along. It's the most colossal fight crowd New York ever saw. When black crowd Dempsey surrendered his title to blonde Jean Connie of Philadelphia, 105,000 looked on. When Jack floored Jean for the long count in Chicago eight years ago, 121,000 roared in hysterical excitement. But those were boom times back in the happy reign of Cal Coolidge when there were two chickens in every garage. The incredible thing is that here on the heels of the hardest times that America ever had, we have 90,000 men and women wildly eager to see madcap Maxie Bear smack young Black Joe into dreamland or to scream with primitive savagery if young Black Joe knocks the Livermore playboy clear out of the ring and back to the glittering lights of the great white wave. There are 15,000 women in this gigantic crowd Park Avenue, Rubbing Avenue, Elbow A. The Eternals Lady, side by side with Judy O'Grady, sisters beneath the skin, going back a million years to cave women days when they looked on with flashing eyes as their men fought for them with stone hammer and bone-tipped spear. The well-known gentler sex, if you please, but as savagely eager for the kill as any male in this monstrous assembly. Admiration for physical strength and skill can't be educated out of the genus homo. 
preached out of him or reformed out of. Not only here in the Yankee Stadium, but all over the earth, the sons and daughters of old Adam wait for the bulletin of the climax. They wait to hear whether the jungle man has smitten down the jester. From all over the country, the people flowed into this great enclosure, gripped by an emotion which goes back to the childhood of the human race. They are more interested in seeing these two young men beating each other with their hammered fists than they are over the peril of a bloody war in Europe. Truly, human nature changes little. We may be civilized on the surface, but down deep, we are primitive, as primitive as Organons, the cave bear, and the saber-toothed tiger. 90,000 people, a straight cross-section of American life. Rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief, doctor, lawyer, merchant chief. As my eye sweeps the ringside seat, it seems as if every noted person in the United States were here, except the president, perhaps in the Supreme Court. There are members of the president's cabinet, senators of the United States and congressmen, advertising men, theatrical producers, actors and actresses, racketeers, nightclub operators, bankers and brokers, society people, newspaper publishers, movie and radio stars, producers from Hollywood, top-notch lawyers, politicians by the thousands, and just plain, ordinary folks like Bill and his Mary Ann. The great enclosure of the Yankee Stadium, sacred to the memory of Babe Ruth, is converted into one stupendous fold. From the outermost walls, row on row of individual chairs, slope downward from the bleachers and the far-frung grandstand to the brilliantly illuminated ring pitched at second base. Every ringside seat, every customer at this fair Lewis fight has his own individual chair with an elevated shoe. The ring itself, blazing under white-hot electric, is like a fairy going in the center of a dark cellar. And now, one of the most interesting figures in all, Fistiana, has just come back to the ring after many weeks of illness. Joe Humphrey, 50 years, a fight announcer, one of the veterans of the land who goes back to the days of John L. Sullivan. Just a moment and you'll hear Joe Humphreys himself talk to you in the same old vein and with the same old voice. Gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is the surprise of the evening. I know you want it. He doesn't, but I do and you do. So here goes. Permit me to present to you at this time a recent KO winner over kid illness. And the Grim Reaper, the one and only Dean of all living announcers, lovable, and still the world's champion, Joe Humphreys. And I believe that the honor of presenting this great event richly is his and he will present the principles in this event.
introduction will be brief because you want action. And I'm here for that purpose to give it to you. Main event, 15 rounds, principles presenting the sensational Californian and former world heavyweight champion, Matt Bear. his corner of the ring, Max Bear in purple trunks and a white bathrobe, is dancing now to limber up his muscles, ready for that moment when he must spring into the ring and face this newcomer. In his corner, Joe Louis in a bright blue bathrobe trimmed with red satin, is a mask of impassivity. Not one sign of emotion shows on his face. Another mask. A cold, implacable fighter. They're getting ready now. It won't be but a few seconds your indulgence, your cooperation, and your patience with me a half a moment on a matter of such great importance that it is for the benefit of everyone within the sound of my voice. On the 25th of last June, I took the liberty at the recent Louis Canerigo to make a plea in the name of sportsmanship and fair play. Your reaction to that plea was so magnificent that is still being discussed among men in all walks of life, gentlemen of the press, government, state, and city officials high in their respective offices. Now here it goes. I call upon you once again, and I sincerely ask that you leave this imprinted in your mind when I step out of this ring, 
in the name of that great American sportsmanship spirit, a spirit so conspicuous of you that it has made the American sporting public, public famous the world over. And may I respectfully beg that the thought uppermost in your mind and the sincere feeling in your heart be that regardless of race, creed, or color, let us all say and mean it, may the better man emerge victorious. In Mac Bear's corner is Jack Dempsey in a blue polo shirt and gray trousers, almost the same old Jack one would think at first look that he was ten years ago in the days of his great glory. One somehow wishes that he were in there tonight fighting his own fight. And now they're in the center of the ring. They're conferring with Donovan, the referee. They're getting their instructions for fighting. We all believe this is going to be a clean, square, honest fight. They're both game boys. There's nothing against their records at all. Now they're retiring to the ring. Dempsey has Max by the arm. Max is smiling. He seems quite self-possessed. And in one moment, my associate, Clem McCarty, known the country over for his brilliant, colorful, and accurate descriptions of races and fights, will tell you blow by blow, they're on. And there's the bell. And the battle is on. They come out. Maxie very cautious. Max Fair took his time. Joe Lewis leads with his left. Joe tries another left. Maxie paints a couple of times with the left. Now Lewis leads with a short left to the chin. But Fair ties him up. And they move slowly over against the ropes. Fair has his back to the ropes. And Lewis is fiddling. He just led with a sharp left hook, but it was short. And he tried on the left jab to the face. There has his left out. He is trying, moving Lewis back to the corner. And he tried a hard right swing. That famous hold, that picture, that, that expression that there puts on when he tries to bluff the other fellow. He's laughing right now in that fast exchange against the rope in which he took a sharp right to the face. There has pushed away from the ropes, he and Lewis are in the center of the ring. Once again, the referee has separated them, and Lewis is uh, shuffling as usual. He just brushed aside, bears left. Nobody has made a lead in these last five or six seconds, a couple of feints. Now Lewis tried with a short left, he tried it again. He jabbed Maxie in the face, another jab. Now Maxie is coming, bringing him over to the side, a fast exchange there, right and left, but no harm done. Once again, Lewis tries, Maxie blocked him with a straight left, but Lewis tripped him with a, with a short left, and there brought over that long right of his, but it missed. Lewis got back out of the way, and now they're in a clinch against the ropes. Bear tried a short one right here against the ropes. The referee broke them apart, and again in the center of the ring, Lewis led with a left, and now fast rights and left by Lewis to the face. Right and left, and Lewis once again jabs him. He's touching. Max ball over the right, but Lewis was inside of it. Underneath, Lewis again jabs with the left. Again with the left, but it misses. Once more with the left, and it misses. That one didn't miss. It landed, and it caught him again. That's about seven successive lefts by Lewis. And there, he's still standing there watching. He is waiting for that spot to put over that right, and he has not yet had it. Now Lewis has brought the blood to Bear's nose. Bear rushes into the corner, but Lewis is out of the way. He stepped back against the rope. Now he's back at Bear again. Still jabbing with that left, ducking under Max's left. Not a change of expression by Lewis yet. And Lewis is still in there crowding, watching for that chance. 
He has got the left up. Now in bare face. No, back there. He's got another left to bare face. Again, he has bought the bud. And Max Smith with a right. And now he's trying. They're in there. Hell to toe for about seven seconds. It's right and left. May the better man win. But Lewis got a hard right. He gave Bear as much as Bear wanted it. He gave him another left to the body, a hard left. He's got there in my corner, right above me. He gave him a left to the face. He brought in a right uppercut, a right to the head, a right to the head, another right to the head. Bear is covering up in the corner, not making a return. Bear, Lewis just missed for the right uppercut. Now with a right to the jaw, he straightened Bear up in the corner, and at the bell, he again caught Bear with a right to the face, and Bear finished at the crowd and went proudly to his corner with blood down his face. Come on, Ed Hill. This crowd has gone slam, bang, crazy, mad with feverish excitement. The round has been so fast as McCarty told you, it's almost impossible to find it. Lewis had Bear in the corner and slugged and slugged and slugged. But again, I wish you could see this whole picture. This rings like a single electric light, as I say, in a dark cellar. And backward from it in all directions, acres and acres of people on the flat pane, and then stretching upward to the ceiling, those ascending rows of chairs and seats in the grandstand and bleachers of the Yankee Stadium, and all around lights gleaming like candles in the cellar, red lights and white lights, as these people sit and roar and shriek, waiting for the second round to come. And here is the whistle, and in just a moment, Mr. McCarty will be on again with his blow-by-blow description. Max comes out a little slower this time. He hitches his trunks up, but Lewis shuffles in as usual, crowding him. He's going to make as quick work as he can, if he can do it. He's crowding over. He got Max against the ropes again on the far side of the ring. He leads two short lefts. Both of them landed. Neither did any harm, but they stopped Max. Max is led with another left, but it's missed. Now Max is crouching. He'd like to get over that right. He's trying to, to get himself set to put the right, but Lewis keeps him off balance with that left. He shoots another left, another left to the face. And either now fiddling around, there backing away toward his own corner, painting with the left, but Lewis leads with the left, and it's about six inches short. Lewis, Lewis paints with the right. Now, he's coming, breaking there, there towards us on this side. There keeps the leading out a little bit with the left, but not much, and he hasn't tried to strike a real blow in this round. Now Lewis led with another left, and then he crossed with the right. A real right it was, to the jaw. Now two lefts in the face. Max laughed at him. Lewis crowds him to Lewis's own corner. He's standing straight in there, laughing at Lewis, and Lewis lifted Bear's left hand in the air and shot a right, right under to the face. Two more, a left and a right to the face. Max's face is chopped up more than I've ever seen it, and Lewis is in close to him. Bear crouched there, and he had right and left, but he couldn't land, and now Lewis crowds. Oh, the power of this Lewis is blows tonight. He's a good deal like the power that tell me about those new Buicks. He's again crowding there over to the far side of the ring. Bear's nose is bleeding considerably. Lewis jabs. No change in the expression on his face. Not once this time. He's still watching his chance. He backs Bear into the center of the ring now. He's watching and leads with the left. There's another left to the face. And he got that left into the face, a left jab. Bear backed away. Now Bear is trying his left in Lewis's face, but Lewis is on. Blocks it with his right glove. Pushes it off. 
Cardiff is fiddling there in the center of the ring. No action for about three seconds. Lewis just jabbed there in the face. He jabbed him once more. He's defeated him back and stepped out of the way. Bear is trying to cut that right hand. He's got Lewis over in Bear's corner, but Lewis stepped out of there. Lewis is now in the center of the ring. He led a short left hook to Bear's body, not a great deal of damage, and tied him up in the center of the ring. Bear is backing away. His nose is bleeding quite badly. Lewis drove a right to the head and then hooked right in with a left to the jaw back there away and there was a straight left in the face another straight left against the nose a hard right jolt to the jaw high on the jaw and he is now back there against the rope there pushed him off into the center of the ring they're breaking at the referee's command there poked the left in lewis's face but joe stepped inside of it there tried with the left but joe ducked now they're fiddling in the center of the ring joe led another left a left to the face another left to the face now bear has tied him up and he's ducking Lewis against the rope. He's crouching low, down with his head against Lewis's body. The referee broke them. Now Bear has stepped back to the center of the ring. Lewis has jabbed him four straight times in the face. That makes five. And Bear, without a return, still trying to cock that right hand. Bear shot a hard right to the body there. But Lewis uh, gave him a left hook to the face. And at the bell, Matthew lost his head. And he tried to put over blow after blow on top of Lewis, right against the rope. The referee warned him. And took him to his corner. Come on, Ed Hill. In, Demp in Bear's corner, Jack Dempsey's face is a dark mask of worry as he works over Max, whose face is a bloody wreck for the moment. And all around again, we hear this terrific roar of excitement, this fever for the kill. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for a scant 20 seconds, may we ask the courtesy of your attention to the sponsor who makes this broadcast possible. Buick, first of the General Motor car. Four new series of phenomenal Buick automobiles are ready for the public. 10,000 veteran workmen have focused for two years on perfecting a line of cars deliberately aimed to startle the world. We will not take your time here to discuss them, but we invite you to watch your newspapers for announcements, or better yet, see them at your nearest Buick showroom this coming Saturday, September the 28th. And now Clem McCarty, once more, third round coming up. All right, Ed Hill. Max took his time coming out of the corner, adjusted his trunk. They worked on his face considerably in that period between the second and the third round. We're going into the third round. Lewis is stepping backwards, fiddling around. He gave Max a left to the jaw then. Max seems to have gained confidence with that flurry of rights and lefts that he indulged in at the close of the other round. And now Lewis is stepping back. Max is trying to cock that right. He's crouched low. Both his, his right against his chest. He led with his left and got Lewis on the chest and tried with the right, but it missed. Lewis jabbed him. And now Max brought a right and a left. And now he's got, he's over against the ropes. Lewis had him on the ropes. And there, that tried to bring up a left uppercut right against the ropes. But the referee broke him and Lewis let him have a left to the chin. And once more, they're in a clinch, and the referee is warning uh, there to break at the command. Lewis stepped back, and then he let Max have one to the chin and returned the same left hand right to Bear's body. He shot that left to Bear's body, and Bear broke away. He's over now in Lewis's corner, and Bear, uh, Lewis gave him a right to the face. They're out in the center of the ring now. Lewis is right under the microphone. If they exchange any blows there, you folks can catch the punches because we have that... That public address system tuned in. Now Bear's crouching low. He tried to bring up a right uppercut in a short clinch there against Lewis. Lewis turned in against the ropes. He gave him two fast left jabs in the face. 
Lewis is forcing the fighting at this moment. He's got Bear back in his corner, but Bear wiggled out of there, and he's out in the center of the ring, standing straight as usual. He's got his right hand cocked against his chest, ready to shoot, but Lewis keeps shooting in that left to his face and keeps him pretty well off balance. Lewis is shifting, dancing. Now Bear is crouching very low, very low, and he got a left in the face, right high on the jaw, another one just under the eye. And Lewis steps back. Max is bearing him towards this corner. Max got another left in the jaw. And now Bear is crowding Lewis over to the side, but Lewis continues to poke that left in his face. There was a left straight in the mouth, and another one. And but they're, they're not hard, just light, but just enough. And then Max brought up a fast left uppercut that caught Joe, but apparently did no damage, no expression on his face yet. Lewis drove him a left to Max's face, and he gave him a hard right to the jaw. Another left to the face, another left to the face, one right on top of that. And Bear then shot a left, but it missed. Joe shot another left, and it landed. Now they're in close quarters, and Joe let him have two fast ones in the stomach. Bear tried for right and left for the body. Now a left to the jaw, and Lewis shot a hard right to the jaw. Two, four, five, left and right. Seven, eight, nine, right and left to Bear's jaw. Over against the rope, and there was a hard smash to the head, and Bear is down from a hard left hand to the jaw. He is down, waving to his friends. The count is six. The count is seven, the count is eight, and Bear is coming up. He's standing there with his legs wide apart. Lewis comes in, gives him a left to the face, now a right to the jaw. He misses with a left. He got him with a left that time. And Bear is down again. There's the count of one. He's sitting on his haunches. One leg caught under him, and the bell saves him. The bell saves Max Bear down for the count of three. Ansel Hoffman was out there to get him and let him back in. The style of Lewis in that round was the style of those new Buicks that tell me, but it was beautiful to look at. Go on, Ed Hill, let's have it. It might have been Jack Dempsey himself in those last few seconds with those terrific, the short, six inches, left, dynamite punch. Not in ten years since the magnetic Dempsey drew top notches from all over the country has there been such a wealth of celebrities in the Garden of Tiziana. The starlight twinkles on the distinguished bald face of our number one postmaster, James Aloysius Farley. And not far away is the governor of the Empire State, Herbert Lieben, leading the political contingent. There are more governors that you could take a stick at. Earl of Pennsylvania and Fitzgerald of Michigan and Cross of Connecticut and Hoffman of New Jersey and Brand that's way up in the good old state of Maine and Horner from out Illinois. And here's the president's son, John Roosevelt. And here's the great American footcatcher, number one G-man, John Edgar Hoover. And here, too, are Hollywood picture stars, Dick Parthamus and Ricardo Cortez. And just a few rows from me sit others, and now's the whistle. And here they come again for the fourth round. And Clem McCarty's right here, ready to give it to you, right hot from the table. And there's the bell. The fourth round is on. There comes out slow. Lewis leads over to him. And he's fiddling around now with that left hand. He's going to jab. He jabbed him in the face. Barely turned to left. He got another jab in the face from Lewis. Now Lewis is again leading with that left. And he gives it to Max again, but it's high. Max ducks under it. Then Max led with the left for the body, but it was short. And Lewis gave him a left that went over the shoulder. Now Bear is backing against the rope slightly. No, now Lewis comes in with a left, and Bear gives him a left. Bear got another left to the mouth. Now then Lewis, Bear got a left over to the face, but very light. Bear is crouching low, very low. He's got his right hand cocked against his chest, trying to lead with the left. Uh, Lewis has got his hand through. Now he came in fast, and he gave Bear a fast left hook to the stomach, and then he gave him a left jab to the face. 
And now Lewis gave him another, and he right uppercut him. He followed a left jab to the face with a right uppercut. And Bear backed away. Now there and Bear's in the center of the ring. Lewis is coming again to him with his hands close to his body. He gave Bear a left. The right is ready at all times there. He gave him a hard right to the stomach and then a hard left to the stomach. And there went into a clinch. Lewis pushed him away. There is a t- turned and went to the other side of the rope. But he got a hard right to the face and then a left as Lewis came into him. Now Lewis gave him a left to the face and then he missed with a right. But there was a hard right from Lewis to the body. Right into Bear's body. Max jumped across the ring. He's on the other side now. And he got a left to the face. Another left to the face. And Lewis this time stepped back a little. He's fiddling around there. No move for a few seconds. Bear's got his hands up close to his face in the center of the ring. Then he stuck out his left hand, but Lewis came inside of it and gave him a quick left uppercut. And now he's got Max against the rope, but the referee broke them. They're in Lewis's corner. And Lewis gave a left jab to Max's face, but Max went into a clinch. And then as he came out, he got another another left, and then he got a hard right to the body, right over the belt line. And he shot a right backhand across. It looked like a backhand from here across Lewis's face, but it did no damage. The referee warned him. Now Lewis is in close. When he gave him another left jaw, left to the jaw, and Max is in close now. Head to head for a brief second. It looked like it might be one of those good old exchanges. But no, Max straightened up, and Lewis gives him another left. Now Lewis is in close there, and Bear ties him up, and Lewis is backing away, but he comes in on Bear. They're right above me as I talk now. Bear with his back to me, and Lewis gives him two left jabs. Bear once more, Lewis leads with a left, and Bear has got his hands back close against him. Now and then he sticks out. He ducks his head back that time, and he got a left, uh, good stiff left jolt on the chin. And now he missed with a left that he had, uh, Lewis ducked and went under. Lewis gave him a left pull in the face, a left over the eye. Lewis, another left, another left. And Lewis is ready with that right at any instant. Now they're out there in the middle of the ring, fiddling. Neither one has made a move for about five seconds, and then Lewis jabbed him with a left. Now Lewis is following up another left. All these lefts are light. But there came a fast right, a right swing right across the gut. And Max high on the jaw. And Max went into a clinch. The referee orders them to break. They're over here against the ropes. Mac has got his back. And he took an awful right. I'm going to left to the jaw. And he has gone to his knees. He's down. And the count is four, five, six. There is on one knee. Seven, eight, nine. There is not up. And there is on his knees. At the count of ten, your fight is all over. Your fight is all over. The boys are coming into the ring with the speed of a Buick of a new Buick, and I'm going up to see these fighters if I can. All right. Clem McCarty has gone to the ring to get to Lewis, to speak to Bear, to get anything we can pick up there of excitement and interest that you will hear. In the meantime, this crowd is like nothing you can possibly imagine. These 90,000 people, most of them are on their feet. Women are on chairs, are being held up by men. Tremendous seething murmur, like the ocean in a great storm. Around this, at least 200 cameramen shooting their lenses at the victor, Joe Lewis, whose wrist is held up by the announcer. Lewis does not bear a mark on his smooth face which even at this moment, in his moment of victory, the fourth round does not express one thing. Bear is being practically held up by Jack Dempsey, who hovers over him like a mother hen over a kick. Jack looks uh, sad and 
sore and defeated as if he himself had been beaten in Max's face is a sight to behold. Those incessant lifts of Joe Lewis going in as fast as they can uh, strike. Uh, one after another, eight and ten to a round, has simply gashed Max's face to pieces. This is the first time in all of his ring career that the Livermore boy, a great stalwart, foot-free ex-cowboy, has ever been floored. This time he was down four times and the last time unable to get up. The bell found him on his knee, not flat on the floor, but on his right knee, his head shaking, his brain dizzy, and finally shook his head to the referee's pointed finger, no, he couldn't get up, so done, and he knew it. And now Joe Lewis. But I'm what an awful tough fight for me. I say that by tough one I ever had. Goodbye. Well, well, we've just seen here a real fight. It was over in two minutes and five seconds. The fourth round, two minutes and five seconds of that fourth round, brought the end with a knockout by Joe Lewis of Max Fair. Fair went down. Will you please get back from that the microphone? Fair went down. Um, and he stayed there for the full count of eight. Made one effort to get up. Saw that he couldn't and was counted out with while resting on one knee. This uh, Joe Lewis in photograph now from every side of the ring. Everybody has congratulated him. The police have the situation at hand. Not permit us. They will not permit us in there. And Max there has left the ring. And from Ed Hill, I know you've seen a lot of things. Both fighters are out of the ring now. Max has gone down, down, assisted down the aisle by his faithful pal and friend, Jack Dempsey. As I say, just practically half carried. Weak from those terrific punches of the dark boy. And Lewis, escorted by his own garage, has passed down the island now. But you can follow there. They're going by the uh, the roars which which uh, go at their heels all the time. Uh, next comes the semifinal between uh, Max's buddy. And the bell is coming on for that. And ladies... Our big scene is all over here. Everything we told us, told us, is the winner. And of course, he now ranks as the next challenger in championship of the world against James J. Braddock. The boys around the side of the ring here, this court, are just shaking their heads at the turn of affairs. When the finish came, it came fast. There wasn't any question of it. Clean slate punching. Punching that could not be denied. It caught there time after time to the jaw and to the body. Those body punches, two or three of them, brought his jaw down and there caught some hard socks with both right and left hands. And we're now going to have Edwin C. Hill say just one concluding word. Only 21, Joe Lewis has grasped visualistic fame in the past year has been phenomenal. I wonder tonight, in this moment of victory, if he thinks of the days when he spoke for poverty-stricken cotton pickers, living as best he could in his squalid, ramshackle, crowded cabin in the cotton fields of Lafayette, Alabama. His full name, of course, is Joe Lewis Barrow. As he took his corner in this fight, he was utterly oblivious of the uproar and the excitement. His dark face was utterly expressionless. He reminded one somehow of the pantherish Dempsey who ruined the great Willard that hot day in Toledo long ago. 
It might indeed have been the great Dempsey with a heavier coat of tan. They say now that Joe is just as fast as Dempsey ever was. He looked it. And the sort of a six-inch hitter with that terrible, jarring left which cuts Bear down in three rounds. Like Dempsey, young black Joe believes that the best defense is a murderous offense. And that was the kind of fight he took to Max Bear. Every shuffling forward, weaving and bobbing, always driving forward to those short, paralyzing punches to body and jaw. Some hoped that Bear's foreshowing with Jimmy Braddock one of those things. Another took a chance at one of Max's looping roundhouse right wings, thrown with pile driver force, with land flush on the colored boy's chin, and put him to sleep. But the hard-boiled gamblers from Broadway and Wall Street, along with Joe Lewis, betting their thousands that Joe was one of those natural fighters who come up only once in a generation, another Dempsey, and so the people appear seem to think here tonight after this fight. And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you please, Buick and General Motors extend to Police Commissioner Valentine of New York City the privilege of reminding this vast radio audience that careful driving is good sportsmanship. This has been, I think, the most extraordinary boxing contest held in 10 years since Jack Dempsey lost his title to Tunney in that great fight in Chicago in 1927. It has drawn more people than any other except two previous fights. It is the greatest one that New York ever saw, the greatest crowd, the most interesting, the most excited, and certainly the most dramatic spectacle within the ring. And now we return you to the studios of the National Broadcasting Company. Ladies and gentlemen, the Buick Motor Company's broadcast has made every effort to render the ringside description accurate, colorful, and interesting. The program, the manner of handling it, and the speakers who described it, a single postal card from you will repay us for the effort and expense of bringing it to you. Moreover, your counsel will have much to do with our spot and handling of similar events in the future. Address letters to the Buick Motor Company, Michigan. See the 1936 Buick at your nearest Buick showroom this coming Saturday. Thank you for your attention, and good evening. This time was made available for the broad Bear Lewis fight through the courtesy of the makers of Swift, Brookfield Butter, whose program of Sigmund Bromberg's music is broadcast on many of these stations every Tuesday night at this time. This is the National Broadcasting Presenting Don Bester and his famous orchestra, ladies and gentlemen.
A half hour of modern melodies played by Don Fester and his orchestra come from the French Casino, one of New York's best-known dining and dancing places, situated at 750th Street in New York City. An elaborate floor show is presented here every night. When the guests are dancing, Don Fester is about to open his program. The first number from the musical hit sensation of a few seasons ago, Sometimes I'm Happy. Sometimes I'm Happy. Yankee Stadium, New York. Joe Lewis' brilliant victory over Max Bear leaves the unbeaten Negro fighter sitting on top of the boxing world. Shuffling Joe opened the road to fame and fortune by turning back to Livermore Larifer. The colored kid fighter got $50 for his first professional bout less than two years ago. Now he's almost sure to shoot a battle with James J. Braddock for the world's championship crown and a chance to make a million dollars. The Tan Tornado's triumph over the Big Bad Bear was his 25th in succession. Lewis is heading for the title. It doesn't look like there's anyone able to block his path. Joe says he's going to fight again this year. There's been talk about his meeting Art Lasky. The great Negro fighter should take the Minneapolis heavyweight without too much trouble. A year and a half ago, Joe Lewis was an amateur boxer. He was a good one. He fought 54 bouts in two years as a Simon Pure. He won 43 by knockout and 7 by decision. The solemn, quiet, spoken Negro lost only four decisions. Tonight, thousands in Yankee Stadium are hailing Joe Lewis of Detroit, the uncrowned king of the world of heavyweight. Join us again as we bring you exciting thrills and adventure, rip-roaring comedy, and shoot-em-up westerns and gangbusters. Next time, when your imaginations will be invited into the theater of the mind with WBW Theater.